0: hey everybody thank you for joining the Taurus tech talk it's it's been a while since we've been in the studio
1: yeah what are we doing
0: i know i mean, it's gonna probably be a little rusty but we'll we'll work it out uh today we're you're, we, we you're,
1: you're gonna be rusty
0: I have, that's true I heard you practicing this morning in the office. Um, today we we have the pleasure of Kip Kendrick, uh, Kendrick, sorry, Kendrick, uh, right. joining us with Legrand AV. Kip, thank you for coming on the show, man. It's great being on the show, Rusty.
1: <laughs> You're See? right. We were. We are. See? I like it already. <laughs> uh,
0: so, Kip, let's just uh, jump right in. Tell us about uh, tell us about your role, at Lagrand.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the the role I am in is rather new uh, to the the Bigger, uh, I call it Big L Legrand, Little L Legrand. So, Big L Legrand is, is an international firm out of France. Yeah, lots of brands. Some none of us have ever heard, nor do we want to have anything to do with because they're you know from overseas. But, um, <laughs> my role is, is really to help the brand be known because we have lots of micro brands, so Chief Daylight, Vadio, you mm-hmm. know, names we know in the industry, but. But it's a bigger company with lots of those types of things, but they need to know that's part of the Legrand family. And so my role is working with architects, consultants, and in many cases, end users, especially large corporate end users that have teams that are dealing with uh, audio, video, lighting, things of that nature. Um, But I really bring those brands forward to them and help them navigate a, a very large company. And it's, it's hard. I mean, it, just to be honest, uh, our website's not the best. We all know that. We're trying to transition it, making it better. But when you're dealing with such a big company, it's just a lot of data. There's yeah. a lot of stuff <laughs> behind the scenes. And so it's taken a while. So, you know, my role is to help help people navigate that, help people find the, the product. Like I, I know we were talking about, you know, mount. Mount seems pretty easy, but there's lots of nuances to mounts these days. You know, what, what, what uh, what setup do you want on it? Do you want it to tilt, not tilt? What's the
1: weight? Do you want to hide things behind it? I mean, there's just yeah. What other accessories, and then the, do those accessories work with the display that works with the mount? And yeah. Can the wall, you know, is the wall going to hold all of that up when it's all said and done? Yep, and the architect just glazed over. Just just right there on what we just said, <laughs> they just
2: glazed over. That's where I come into play, <laughs> is to say, hey, don't glaze over. That's my job. Let me go get all that data for you and give it back to you. I so, found that, so do that.
1: more... Um, Parent companies and manufacturers are kind of incorporating this role into their organization. Yeah. And they're pulling from consultant groups and integrators to fill these positions rather than other manufacturers. And I think it's super helpful for guidance to integrators like us Mm -hmm. because you have a good understanding of the full suitcase of tools, not just you haven't been just in the mount business for 40 years, right? You've experienced everything on both sides of the of of both sides of the mount. I, I think that's super critical.
0: Yeah, the education aspect. I mean, not every integrator or someone that you're buying, if we're picking on mounts from, have the time to be able to offer the education, and you really do. Yeah. So build, building the core fundamentals. Um, so tell us how you came to the position that you're in now. Tell us how you started in pro-AV, maybe.
2: Oh, well... I'll try to stay at the 5,000 foot level to make make it <laughs> enjoyable. But, uh, you know, I tell everybody, it goes back to my granddad. It's really interesting. But okay. My, my, oddly enough, my grandfather drove a bread truck for Ms. Baird's bread. Nice. In Fort Worth. That's and my so best friend right there. He would get up early in the morning and he would deliver bread to just all the little restaurants and grocery stores back when you didn't have these monster stores, right? And then he'd be free the latter half of the day. And so he was a tinker he's a mad scientist to be honest he had a garage so he watched the commercial garage doors for the trucks he's like well, why don't i have that at my house it's a literally he took parts out of washer machines and and uh, bicycles and all this kind of stuff and came up with this relay system with a foot pedal for the car so when the car came in the driveway it would hit this little foot pedal thing that he'd put into the driveway and it would open his garage door I just thought, that's crazy. And so he <laughs> I can see you're like a... Can
0: I meet this man? <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> no,
2: but uh, but you know, it just kinda I was the younger child, and so I got to spend more time with him, my brother and sister. And so it kind of got into my system. And then I was not given the gift of music talent. Like I don't I don't play an instrument. You don't you don't really want me playing an instrument, but I had that technical bend. And so I just found myself tinkering a lot with buddies that did audio type stuff, whether it's a band or whatever. Uh, and then volu- it was volunteering at church, it was yeah. getting engaged because my grandfather did that. And I thought, oh, that's cool. you know. So I did that. And um, as I was exiting college, did TCU. Uh, and as I was exiting, I had the benefit of one of my really dear friends was the band Mercy Me. And so okay, I, yeah, I got, to, I got to know those guys before they were famous and go to these little rinky-dink little church events and stuff. And so I got to be around more serious road gear if you will right because they were they were big enough that they had serious road gear um so it just it it dug the bug a little bit further and then i engaged with some more churches and kind of built a a brand name for myself of helping with production and you know at one point i was helping with productions at preston wood church here local which a really big church and um just some different ones and it just it kind of kept building and this was before i was married so you know you had all the time in the world <laughs> and so staying up to two in the morning is not a big deal but then i got married and it's like you know you, re- you really can't do that anymore when you're married um and so i, I went on and kind of worked with a local design integrator that did a lot of broadcast type stuff camera work and things like that because mm-hmm. i knew that market and they did a lot of church work and that just dug the bug deeper because i'm like well this is this is really i enjoy this i enjoy helping people figure out how to make this happen. Uh, And then that led to, you know, I had kids, so I needed better income than that. And so I went to work at an engineering firm, uh, which was great until they sent me out of town for months on end, it seemed like, you know, to work on big projects. And um, then I I, uh, moved into doing my own consulting, construction consulting. So there was a real lack in the industry of being able to communicate at the developer level. So the people that are really pulling the money together and, and making these big technology projects happened yeah. and just the way I was wired, my uncle was a home builder. And so I had been around that a little bit. And my dad was a, an industrial engineer consultant. And so he would, he would go in, I called him the doctor of companies. So we would go in and figure out what's ailing some company, whether it's rearranging things inside their warehouse or whatever. And so I think my wiring just because of those influences of, of the men and women in my life gave me these skills, and so I found myself working heavily with architects, uh, navigating our our language. Really, is yeah. what it is, and it being an interpreter. In fact, one of the yeah. architects says you're a technology interpreter. That's the best definition I've figured out how to tell people about you. Is you're a technology interpreter. We should change your card. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <It's... laughs>
1: all, all I can think it is flashback so to the uh, what is the uh, it was filmed here, the Red Stapler movie. Help me Are you the uh, the office, office, space? O- office space? Office yeah. space. Office space. Where of the guys like, <laughs> what a classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the scene where he's like, I'm good with people. <laughs>
0: I bring the specs to the engineers. <laughs> right. It's like, that's well, right. why
1: can't we just take the specs directly to the engineers? They can't talk to people.
0: <laughs> I think that's fascinating because I, I've met other consultants. We're not going to name names, but you know they understand the technology that they're working for. Yeah. The company that they're working they're for. They're excellent at it. But understanding how that technology, where it comes into play, at what right. phase in a project, and and you with the intimate experience of having construction backgrounds, yeah, allows you to do that, yeah. Like, hey, okay, we, you guys are one sided. We need to get these in wall boxes in. Correct. Um. So that that's really awesome. It's yeah, awesome. It, it really is. And my
2: interactions with Lagron were. Almost instant to me getting in the industry, you know, more deeply in the industry, working in the broadcast and stuff. And I started seeing back then it was the brands that Legrand owns now. But I would see these various brands. Middle Atlantic is an obvious one. Um, Daylight's the other really obvious one. And so over the course of time, I just built these relationships. And I started realizing I'm seeing this group all the time. And we just built a kind of a really good rapport in a lot of the individuals that live in the Dallas-Worth area. And that's one of the areas I'm personally blessed as an employee of Legrand. I have like 12 or 13 heavy hitter Legrand people in this area. So it makes it that much more uh, enjoyable for me working on projects or whatever because I have these great resources. One of our major production facilities is in Richardson around the corner from my house, for goodness sake. So um, anyway, they approached me a couple of times said, hey, would you consider in about three years ago, they came and they described this role. And it was very vague, to be honest with you. It was one of those like, eh, I don't know about this, you know,
1: conversation took about three months going through ins and outs because I was yeah. pretty happy with what I was doing. Well, I'm sure the, the the descriptions left a lot up to interpretation and yeah. it, it ends up potentially being one of those positions where you and you where 10 hats yeah. instead of the three you thought you were going to wear. That was the biggest fear, honestly. Yeah, that that would yeah. be... Uh, and and we, we we struggle with that internally when we develop a new position. It's sort of like, here's what you're going to do today, right. but who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And so I get, if you're comfortable where you're at, n- being reluctant to go to a position where it's kind of like, we're going to work and figure this and define, <laughs> define yeah. this together.
0: Yeah, that, a- that asterisk. Could be a little scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: most certainly. And but, a, and as somebody who hires people, I on the other side of that coin, I'm like, we're gonna work through it together. We'll figure it out. And yeah, I, I the apprehension is present.
2: Yeah, but it it it's ended up being spot on correct. And I, I've loved this company for years. And now that I'm on the inside, I got to tell you exactly what I loved on the outside. I love on the inside. Uh, the people are amazing. I mean, I'm sure every company somewhere there's somebody that's not amazing that works for LeGrand, but I, I you would be hard pressed right it's it's that really good uh environment they care about not only employees but they ter- they care about partners and end users and everything in a way that that matches with how i'm wired and so well, it's been great. i know
1: when we have the the tech show and the lagron group comes in and sets up their, you know there's always several several people involved in that and they're all whether i've have previous experience with them or not they're all very friendly very yeah. kind um you know, uh, good natured people, it seems like it doesn't feel like oh, I got to do another show or I got to do this or, you yeah. know, when can I get out of here? Yeah, it's a it's a little different attitude. It, it You can tell. Yeah. They're not turning it on for the sake of of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. We should probably
0: give them more space in the show, too. We, there's I mean, just not enough space for everything Lagrande, as
1: long as they're willing to pay double that's fine Man,
0: there's there's not enough <laughs> you heard space it
2: for here time. first I mean, uh, yeah it's true <laughs> <laughs> you bring in more of the brands in it really gets crowded yeah <laughs> but uh um, that's
1: that's actually that's a heck of a deal from a legrand standpoint it's like we're gonna bring in 10 brands for the price of one
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> This is a plug for the uh, show. This, um, yeah. So tell us something. We we like to ask every guest this because we think it's fun. Yeah, we've gotten some very interesting answers. We've gotten, hey, I was on the U.S. Olympic team, or uh, I toured with this band. We've we've gotten some. Yeah, there was a some uh, really interesting answers here.
1: One guy, as a producer, was held a a, a platinum record. I yeah think.
0: yeah. So yeah. tell us something about yourself that you know maybe maybe the coworkers, viewers, listeners. Have, don't know about you besides that your name sounds like a, a superhero well, I Kid, hadn't, Kendrick.
2: Hadn't heard you know well. that that's uh, i like that i, I like it I'll too to get my boys I, to, i'm already to like leave
1: that envisioning the logo like the kk logo with a circle around it on your chest like that <laughs> my
0: wife asked me what we're doing today i was like oh we're gonna do a cast and she's like oh who's the guest i'm like why are you interested i've never seen you be interested i said your name and she goes is he hot he sounds like he's like a superhero. Hot. That's where no. I came with that. My wife would say no to that. She's gonna watch oh, this. No. <laughs> She's gonna watch this. She's gonna watch just to find out. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're 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 <laughs> going man, off on a tangent. Yeah. Tell us something that somebody may not know about you.
2: Gosh, man, I don't, I don't. That's a tough one. I don't Is know it? why it's a tough one for you, me. You, suddenly, we, but, we already know that yeah. you are
0: with Mercy Me, yeah. helping out, sounds, setup. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I've gotten a lot of opportunities like that. I I think the oddest thing that's ever happened to me, I could give you that, Okay, was uh, on a church retreat, the bus turned the corner and I fell out because the door flew open.
0: That's, oh that's, my.
2: That's usually, everybody's
0: like, well, that explains what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I just, okay, we need to we need to know a little bit more about the bus. Yeah. I mean, is it, yeah, are we I mean, talking we like, like a, a f-
2: school bus? Like a Ford Econoline type nice, I mean, it was a nice church bus it it wouldn't it it wasn't like an
0: old dilapidated kip how fast were they going
2: about 40 miles an hour
0: oh my god and just wheeled the corner
2: and they went they went to make the turn the the door was closed door door was closed it opened and out i went because i was like this like i am with you i was kind of leaning and had my back towards the door and Mm -hmm. just that force and then the door opened and i went out
0: did you just pop right up and they were like yep it's a miracle Truly, it was. I'll be honest with you. I ended up against the
2: curb. Luckily, not with my skull against the curb, but ended up at the curb. How old old were you? I was probably about 14,
1: 15, something like that. You know, there's there's some correlation between early head injuries and... uh,
0: And creativity And being and, so great and, at your it's, job
1: That's exactly Exactly what I was going to say Less eloquently <laughs> I mean so,
0: so were your parents um, Were your parents on the trip with you I'd imagine not right They weren't And, and she, so She was freaked out yeah. When she heard Yeah yeah.
1: yeah it, you were on your way home Or on your way to they, camp They actually just picked me up I was probably about Four miles from my oh, house Oh no Yeah So do, do, mm. do they just like Load you in the bus And just keep going And like you Just brush the dust off That's and? exactly
2: what they did Yeah I think <laughs> they I were thinking like, liability
1: and all kinds of things at that time
2: and i seemed to be responsive so they just kind of kept it going
1: i'm not i'm not trying to call you out on your age or anything i know but at at me at 14 i fell out of the back of my grandpa's truck and he picked me up and dusted me off and we went on down the road yeah that was it i'm Uh, just saying i mean i
0: have i have three girls and i think if if something like that happened the people that you get the least mad at is your church yeah. <laughs> if it was anybody else, one of your friends, if you are on a ski trip with some buddies, well, I mean, it's going to be a sorta, bad thing. You
1: sort of, as a parent, just kind of got to bottle that up and yeah. push that down. <laughs> yeah, It's I, the church members. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, and I tried to play it <laughs> off.
2: You know, I was there were girls in that bus, so I had to be cool about it. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's kind of one great. of those things. But, Get
1: on the uh, bus and go, whoa. I didn't know we were getting on a roller coaster.
0: I think we can chalk that one up to another great
1: answer to the That's question. That's perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. He went, he I went mean, back in the... it's awesome now that you're okay and yeah. everybody's all right, yeah. but yep. I couldn't imagine if that happened now, like the difference in parental behavior.
0: No, there would have been documents to sign and all <laughs> kinds of yeah. Yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. A... 47 pages yeah. later. Yeah. Um, so I found this interesting. I, I communicate with end users and, and some of the same people that you do, and Legrand to somebody means one thing, and to another person means a completely different thing. Yep. And it's because, like you had pointed out earlier, the company has such an extensive network of components and manufacturers within the umbrella. So I know it's it's a hard question, but I'd love for you to explain um, Legrand and really what it covers product set-wise, if sure. you could.
2: Yeah, and to add to the humor, most people don't know, Le- Legrand started out making dinner plates. Wow. Yeah, so China. We, we were porcelain experts, Legrand was. And that led us to being French, 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 French plates, yeah, French, just to
1: be clear. So very expensive, not, not your China and your China hutch. It would be your French and your French hutch. Yes. Yes. And uh, <laughs> what led to you understand? I got it. You got it? Okay. <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> Is that uh,
2: it's a, it's a great uh, non-conductor for electricity. They discovered, right. But that, that China yeah, aspect. Yeah. And so we were making light switch covers and plates and, and things like that and so we were doing it for other people and then we realized hey we we probably should and we've continued this trend well we we should probably do that ourselves we should own them and so we just buy it out buy it out buy it out so our background really started in the electrical systems and so if you dig deep you'll find that so
1: what 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 time frame are we talking about here for the porcelain stuff uh, the eight, are we 18 to 19 it's that transition from okay so to, yeah so right. like the porcelain knobs for knob and tube wiring a lot of them were pro- legrand yeah okay yeah. do you know about knob and tube wiring i if it's french probably does. not was it's also american <laughs> yeah, we, we, i was kidding we no i don't it. i don't wiring inside if you want to talk about pro av i got that but listen <laughs> why well, i'm just gonna educate you real quick go ahead like 10 seconds Knob and tube wiring used to be like copper with really cruddy cloth over it. And they held it really cruddy. inside of walls with a porcelain little knob with a nail through it. And that held the wire inside the walls and inside the okay. attic okay. so that it wouldn't touch anything else because it would electrocute you.
2: And yet no one died, you know. You, you look at this and you think, "Yeah, that can't be real." So,
1: knob and tube is not up to code anymore. It's <laughs> not, even,
0: not, it's, not even close. <laughs>
1: but I think I can
0: visualize, and I think maybe even I've seen something you, like this. You've probably seen like a, it,
1: like a museum, or if you've ever seen a like a horror movie where they get in the attic. Yes. Usually, it's yes. used as props in those attics, like strung like telephone poles. Okay. Like between telephone.
0: I thought poles. this whole day was going to go by. I wouldn't learn anything, but yeah. Uh,
1: nope. I actually have a box. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. A box of knobs like this of porcelain knobs unused that was my grandpa's that he had in his every garage. once
0: in a while you get a little nostalgic and you just go out there and open it up. Well, like, man, look at that. It's
1: an unused antique in the original box. It's a it's a thing.
0: I don't know. You have to I, show me Nick, So I go. Okay.
1: Over. I can't it's wait. A, to see some it. of those
0: go
2: for a lot of money, especially yeah. when you get into the little light switch that, you know, it's like what well, when I flip this, what's it going to do? It's going to fire off a rocket. What is this? You know, <laughs> a little porcelain it, light. It switch. looks nothing like our current setup. It's so so it was solving a problem. Yeah, and that and that's the key. So when you ask about all the different brands and stuff like that, it's really about solving problems. In uh, the in the first thing in the inception of the company was solving that problem, and then the realization that cabling needed to move through places, and so we just kind of kept going. Um, you know, back here behind us, you've got uh one of our oldest brands which is wire mold so you have this cable pathway going from the ceiling to the floor because the contractor forgot to put an electrical outlet for you right um so those were problems that we began figuring out how to solve and it's just kind of stayed consistent and as technology started merging with electrical really to to become a a unified structure rather than a dependent structure um our independent structure uh Legron said, hey, we really need to be doing more communications products, more audiovisual products and stuff like that. And that's where the mergers begin to occur between Milestone and Legrand and things of that nature. And so that's what's led to the company now is a lot of the things that we're doing, whether it be lighting systems, because we have multiple brands of light fixtures, the physical fixture, we now have brands of that. They're, they're being embedded with POE. Well, POE is what our Luxel division does, right? And so we're just seeing, hey, these things need to be coming together. Individuals like yourself, the consultants and the, the developers are saying, hey, we, we, we need this stuff. And we're like, help us understand. And that's, I think that's one of the things that I've loved about the company is the voice of the people is that we really do spend time getting to know, uh, like our most recent camera from Luxel, the IntelliShot, which is an auto tracking type camera, small package. It was developed specifically for the educational market first First off, and then the other markets it works. And it's because we look at the product sets that we have, we look at the parts, the pieces, and we say, okay, how can we help you? And then we sit back and we listen. And a client will tell you their struggles, uh, the failures of other manufacturers or the positive of other manufacturers, and they'll tell you how bad you stink. I mean, they will. And we really try to encourage that.
1: Uh, you, you clearly have not been to enough of our vendor meetings. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh, if nothing else, we're we're vocal. Yeah, and and I think that's good. And so the evolution of
2: the chief product, the audio product, the daylight. I mean, daylight's got some really great stuff. If we can get past the supply chain and COVID issues, I think we'll see even greater things out of all these brands. It's really slowed us down. Um, But we, you know, we have a a data comm division that focuses in on data centers and and data centric things, Um, but they're not sitting out there all on their own. They communicate back with the AV division and likewise the electrical division uh, so that we're, we're making sure that we're not just producing individualistic products, which we do, and we even make products for other manufacturers to use. You know, we work with Samsung closely. We work, work with Epson and many other brands to help them implement their products as well. And so in those relationships, there's opportunity. And that opportunity goes back to my job, which is why I love it. And it's that opportunity to get in front of people that are that end user or that the need individuals, the architect. Hey, you're really hampering my ability to design by this ugly box. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I, so I hear that a lot. <laughs> so what you're saying is you guys are not uh, hampered or limited by your internal communication as far as the shared brands under Legrand. Yeah. Cause I, I, to me as an an outsider, I would be like, Oh, well this brand's over here doing their thing. And this brand's over here doing their thing. And you know, they all sort of find out when there's a press launch about a new product and that's it.
2: Yeah. And then that exists. I think that exists on any company, even ours, but, but the heart of the company is not to be that, you know, if that was just, Hey, that's the way we're going to be. And we all do our silos. I just, that that's not going to be productive. Um,
1: What's well, good to hear, I case. did. I was not not aware of that. I mean, it's got to be an insurmountable task to build some sort of communication channel between the these brands, brands who mm-hmm. all sort of have their own baked-in processes. And it doesn't, doesn't seem to me like LeGrand has come in and swept the rug and said, here is your new process, this is how you're going to do it, right? They've yeah. kind of left them doing what has made them successful as a brand. But maybe uh, united them through some level of communication tool. Communication tools, access to product, um, you know,
2: a Vodio and a Luxel has access to a lot more technology than a daylight when you think about it. Yeah. So the, the, the design specialists at Daylight are benefiting from their partners at Luxel because suddenly PoE is a major request. So how do we make a, a screen PoE powered? How do we do some of these elements? Um, And it's really good. And I mean, we've definitely got walls that have to be torn down like everybody does for communication between division to division. Um, But the heart of leadership is let's get working better together, but don't lose sight of the fact that you have your own identity and you need to be pushing that identity. Obviously, Middle Atlantic and Daylight have little to do with each other. I mean, they're they're just, they're not. Um, whereas Chief might have a little bit of interaction of audio yeah. or, you know. So there's there's definitely individualistic elements about it. Um, the lighting division, that's, you know, that's always going to be kind of a separate thing. And they're going to be a little bit siloed. But a lot of the guts that goes into that lighting division product and development doesn't have to be siloed. You can look at the bigger Lagron and say, hey, we got some really great parts over here in... Malaysia, you know, for the Malaysian market, we make a special product. Hey, that product will work good here. And So we're so, really doing a better, we're doing a better job internally. We got to do a lot better, but we're, we're
1: bringing that in. And part of it is my role. It's, it's getting those people communicating about their needs. So do you think some of that relationship between the brands has helped at all with the supply chain and COVID issues?
2: Oh, beyond belief.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and so like, The material to make this coffee mug is also the same material to make his coffee mug. We can, you know, uh, share product or share where we're getting it from or, you know, load balance between the two so that at least both brands, as we keep referring it, are still making products instead of one just being completely stopped down because they're choosing to get it from here versus there. And, and I
2: would go one further. It's also because we are a great relationship company with other companies, that really changed our, our COVID impact. Um, An and example is that we, we do a lot with uh, uh, Lowe's and Home Depot and stuff with through some of our electrical consumer goods mm-hmm. and a lot of the big distributors and things like that. So COVID hits and suddenly you can't get cargo containers, you can't get ships, you can't get anything. We, we reached out. To those groups and we said hey samsung samsung and us talked quite a bit about things lg other groups um, and found ways to work together to secure the ability to get materials so that was a, a very tangible at the executive level of which i was just blown away as yeah. they shared hey we're going to do these things because we know it has impact on our clients um, probably the biggest one to your question specifically was the purchase of steel so as Correct. COVID hit, and I would love to give credit to who it was, I just, you know, I see the memo, I see the details, but someone was able to communicate broadly to high-up leadership, hey, we, we need to put in a PO. Um, and it caused a chain event with several of the different groups to get clearance from high-up people to put in POs immediately for large, I mean, large quantities of materials. They're like, you're not going to use that. That's a three-year burn through. And you're saying you want to bring all that material in for a single year. And the powers of the be said, you know what? I think there's some wisdom in this. Let's do it. And so Middle Atlantic was able to continue to bend steel when a lot of people couldn't. Um, a lot of the parts and pieces. So Vadio is an American-made product. We make it in Minnesota. A lot of people think that it's overseas. It's not. Yeah, there's lots of parts and pieces within Luxel and Vadio that we do bring in from Taiwan and Malaysia and other types of places. But, but ultimately the final product is fully assembled, put together, packaged in Minnesota. And so Vadio had tons of material shipped in early and it made the difference. So lots of universities, you know, the Vadio camera, thank you for having Vadio here (laughs) looking at me today. That's a really great thing. Um, we were able to stay to our production. And when we had delays, you know, that went out like 90, we had a couple of them that were beyond 90 days, but it wasn't a delay because of a lack of material. It was a delay because of how much demand, because we were able to say, yes, we can get you cameras. It just may be slightly delayed. And so that was a good benefit that I saw them doing supply chain management and saying, hey, we're going to have these issues potentially. Let's get this material in and store it. And being the big company that we were, we were able to store a lot of that stuff and, and pigeonhole it. But I'm going to give kudos. The other part is our distribution partners. Man, there were several, several times in the deep part of COVID that they stepped up for dealers like y'all to be able to say, hey, we still have some inventory of X, Y, and Z, and we were able to pull that back and get it to a dealer um, because our distributor partner knew how we operated. And so they didn't have a negative response to us saying, hey, we got to get material back from you to give to somebody else, yeah. or they were willing to pass it through in a positive relationship manner, um, and I think those kinds of things, as we've been managing this, just chaotic. that would be
1: that would be like Ford shipping a whole bunch of trucks to a dealer in DFW, and there being no trucks in the state of Kansas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the dealers in Kansas going, we really need trucks, and Ford going, okay, let me call Sam Pack. Yeah, and great analogy. And and pull back two hundred cars, and Sam Pack going, yes, we're part of the ecosystem. That's okay. I don't think that would happen in the auto industry, given <laughs> I what I know, right. what little I know about dealers. <laughs> a little bit more cutthroat, I a think. little bit uh, more. <laughs> But you know, if, if it were that symbiotic, that's that's kind of how I would draw that in my head. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was really good. As you as you meet with these individuals in the planning process, I'd imagine your lead conversation is all about. We need to plan this out much further than what we've ever had. Oh, beyond beyond what I ever thought I'd say. Yeah, I mean, we call it supply chain, but it really it's it's everything. There's a domino effect to it. Yeah. There's there's getting the product. That's one thing. There's coordinating those efforts for when that product comes in because that could be sporadic. You could think it's ten months from now, but maybe then it it hops forward to eight, and then but you planned on ten months, and right. so you're having to shift around. So, so tell us a little bit about when you meet with people. Is that is that truly the first thing that you start talking about? Like, okay, when's this supposed to happen? Because I need to tell you these things up front. I uh,
2: won't name the university, but I was at a university this week, and that was the very first conversation was, I'm going to need uh, 40 of this, 60 of that, something else. When do I need to get that order in? And of course, he was relieved. He said, well, I don't need it until next summer and i'm like next summer i thought you were going to say you needed it in 60 days um and so there was a good relief there and then he got really excited but he's hearing from other manufacturers and that's not the answer he's getting from them yeah it's a it's a 12-month lead time or something like
1: that when this is this is kind of our and and you're acutely aware of of our challenge but since we're dealing with so many brands and so many manufacturers some are a couple of weeks some yep. are a couple of months. Some are saying Q1, Q2 of 23, and all of those parts come together to make an integrated system that we need to put in for a customer. Right, and it's you know initially we had taken the approach: we'll just order everything now, even if it's going in the fall. That way, if lead time on say a mount pushes, let's it say it's four weeks but we get three weeks and they call us back and go now it's 13 weeks and we didn't order it. We tried to stage it out Yeah. at early on. This was, this was a problem we faced with regularity. So it was like, just order everything right up front. But um, you know, even though Legrand is significantly larger than Taurus, everybody in the back end are still, the, you're all looking at those as financial decisions. Like, you know, I'm going to hold on in Legrand's case, you know, multiples of millions of dollars of product and or equipment or storage or whatever, yep, just to continue to de- to meet to meet the demand of the marketplace. Yeah. So that's a...
0: Yeah, I've been trying really hard to, to get that message out there um, when we meet. And a lot of the times, I'd say like nine times out of 10, you're meeting with someone that I'm going to meet with many months later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, when they get to me, if they didn't have someone of your knowledge and expertise to say, "Yeah, okay, our Legrand products, we can definitely get you those by next summer. That's not a problem," but you need to also think about the other products, like Corey said, you need to think about the other products that are going into there. I can't speak to those, but you definitely need to talk to someone about those. Well,
2: and and, and it, but it impacts me. Yes. because think about it. Uh, let's just use Samsung and LG, right? So the engineer is engineered consultant engineer has, has said, it's going to be a Samsung display. So you've sat down with me, we've looked at the specs of the Samsung display, and we've decided, hey, this is the best um, chief mount for that display application. So I tell you, hey, no problem. That's that's exactly what you need and everything else. And suddenly Samsung, because of their supply issues, says, hey, I can't produce that, that uh, display anymore. And uh, they're going to move you to this new display that's two inches bigger, let's say. Well, the architect's already drawn the hole for the display, right? All these things have been coordinated. And now suddenly you're like, well, that's not going to work. So you have to shift to an LG display. So there's these balances that everybody's having to do. And it is it is not very easy. And, you know, going back to how I'm wired and, and the benefits of the way I have come through the system is I've had a lot of conversations. And my conversation actually isn't talking supply chains, actually talking on the financial side, because that's really where this stuff is going on. And you see the stuff in the economy and you hear them talking about all these, you know, interest rates, doing this, doing that. Man, this stuff, it really matters. And I think a lot of people aren't tied in. I'm hoping this process we're in, kind of like COVID, caused some uh, uh, waking of people. I'm hoping this financial stuff is going to wake some people up because a developer doesn't have a billion dollars in his pocket. He's going to a bank. He or she, yeah. the developer, is going to a bank to get a loan for this. And they don't say, okay, here's your billion-dollar check. You get draws. But yeah. but it unlike you and I, when they do those draws, they instantly start paying interest on it. It's not like, hey, we're going to delay. Now, some people get special treatment packages because of the size of their portfolios or whatever. I, I get that. But I'm talking about the average project the majority of us are on. It's not a, I have the cash, here you go, and you move on down the road. If that was the case, if everybody worked on cash, we could get everything super, super fast. But when a developer starts to dole out money, he's expecting some type of return. And it's the same thing with the general contractor. A general contractor is not getting all his money up front, and his margins are very narrow. So many people think general contractors are just making loads of cash.
1: Uh, and, they're, they're, yeah, they're doing it in, in quantity quantity not, and yeah yeah it's not one item that they've got 50 points on they want 50 items with one point but not not that they even want that that's just, just how the it way shakes it goes. out yeah. yeah and
2: so they're they're giving out paper you know the orders the po's um based on that timeline on behalf of the owner so they're they're asking the owner for advances of x number of dollars and then they have to apply back these billables and because i've been exposed to that process i I'm beginning to see the complexity of what we're dealing with right now, and so I'm trying to communicate that to the consultants and the end user to say, "Hey, there's a lot more behind the scenes than just so and so can't deliver a product." You've got to think when you say, "Hey, let's just order it now." Well, how's that impacting that individual's bottom line? Because they're going to start paying interest potentially, in all that money that just got outlined. You, if you extend, like so, I, you know, a lot of dealers are saying, "We're just buying all these material up front." Well, it's great, but it's coming out of your bank account. It, it's first. funny
1: It's funny you say that because something you said earlier this year, maybe late last year was, while it wouldn't be good for us as a business, if we could get everybody who is buying from us or you buying material from somebody else to stop buying, stop placing POs for anything mm-hmm. for 60 days, likely the problem would be solved. Yeah. So the manufacturers continue to work, and right there, putting parts together. They're, you know, uh, their manufacturers are putting the chips together, so forth and so on. If you could get everybody just to pause everything for sixty days, it's impossible. It's an impossible <laughs> task, right? But you, I you, like the thought. Right. Keep it going. I mean, yeah. if you could get. It would be everybody. It wouldn't just be our customers to stop sending us POs, but you would have to stop sending POs to the steel company and to the chip manufacturer and so right. forth and so on. And they would have to stop sending POs to wherever they're getting their material from. That's why I don't say that on a
0: podcast. It's like Jerry Maguire all over again. He sends out a mission <laughs> statement. It's like, less clients, less work. You know. right. oh, I don't want to get so, in that situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you could theoretically do that, right. if you could just turn the internet off for 60 days, so nobody could email a PO. I'm not. I, I please don't do that. Yeah, don't I please mean, please. Don't there, do there's that. other entertainment value there that I that I would prefer to have. I have two little children.
0: I've got my own. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a hypotheses. brilliant statement.
1: By the way, I, I bring that up to say that I, theoretically, I think it would work. It's not feasible. It, if anything's impossible, that's probably it.
0: I think it would be scary for sure. I've got my own ideas around will. Will our industry or a lot of industries get back to what it was in 2019 where you call me and say, Hey, we, we really need to have, let's just keep it simple. This display mounted in this conference room and we need a chief LTM one u mount, and we need the Samsung display. Uh, can you guys come out tomorrow and get that done? Um, sometimes I feel like that we're, we're never really going to be back to that, and that's yep. okay, because a lot of people that are in charge of integrating that need to build a process to be able to do it the right way. Right. And too fast is not good. Too long is not good. Yeah. I think there's going to be a happy medium. So my question really to you is, in your professional opinion, do you think that it's even possible to say a year that we may have some sense of, normalcy, or average lead time across all manufacturers that we deal with in Pro-AV? Yeah,
2: I, I, think, I think generally we are seeing that now um, in some categories, but there's still outliers that are just weird little outliers. Um, and there's there's still, uh, you know, the, the one, it's a little on the older side now, but a couple of months ago, PoE started to become like, oh my Lord, because Cisco, you know, to your your very valid point. Would you guys quit sending MPOs? <laughs> um, Cisco, stop, please stop. But the the rapid growth of things, you know, a big company like Cisco says, hey, we've got to have X and they just start drawing. And so when you have a shortage of certain things, you reach out a little further than you're comfortable with to grab some other people that quote, make that type of a product to bring it in and, and keep your pr- production going which has good signs and bad signs if we're honest right cuz like do you really know those people kind of thing <laughs> but but that's kind of been going on in the chip industry you know just trying to find these chipsets and so right now i think in the in the sense of like a chief product like the example you gave we're we're pretty close to getting caught up on that lots of back orders and stuff on on various skus that, yeah. that are just big project type things but um, I think we're going to see on that, on that tech side, the chip based elements, whether it be the Dante chip, whether it be POE, whether it be, you know, these, these elements, I think all of us in the AV are going to have some aspect of that. That's impacting uh, what I do see leaving so far, <laughs> cross my fingers, knock on wood, whatever. Uh, I remember my, the one, I just went, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it's, you remember prior to COVID people would say, Hey, uh, I remember one I was told was, Oh, a truck of Panasonic televisions was robbed. And I I said, That is the biggest BS line I've ever heard And that's not that's why we're not going to meet your deadline. It's because the truck was literally it was stolen turned out it was actually a true statement, which I found fascinating. That was a brilliant, whoever I would, it was. I that was a good robbery, right? I, mean, <laughs> I would have called BS on yeah, that for yeah. sure. I'd have
1: been like, somebody's making an excuse yeah. so that they don't yeah. sound like they missed the mark. Yeah, but it turned out it was a, it was a true story. It, uh, I don't know that they ever found the the truck
2: or any of that stuff. So that guy got a steal, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, but um, to my point, sorry, that was a little side thing. We are on a call and the guys go, Hey, listen, we're going to have a a 90 day delay or 60 day or whatever it was. You know, the stuff was just all over the place. Vodio delay. And and the the guy goes, and it's not because we don't have them made. And they showed a picture and we had tons of cameras. I mean, we're talking, that's a lot of cameras all on like a baker's rack type thing. You know, they've been assembled, they've been set. And the reason they're on the baker's rack is we couldn't get foam. You know, the expandable foam stuff. Oh, you can't ship a camera if you can't pack it. The stupid <laughs> thing is going to be destroyed by the time it gets there, right? Nothing can to we do with the camera itself. Well, seriously, there were some people like, man, I'll fly up there, get it, pack it in my suitcase or whatever. But, uh, you know, those kind of things I think are gone. We're starting to see some normalcy in the shipping industry, although I still think there's gorillas somewhere moving some of our stuff because it seems to be coming pretty damaged still from a lot of the. Of a yeah. lot of the delivery services. But a lot of the other stuff is normalized. I, I do think, to, you know I'm sorry, a little rambly, but back to your point. I, I think there's some nuances that have been uncovered. Hey, we might need to have more stock. So I think there's gonna be a little bit more of a need for distribution style warehouses, whether it's a true distributor or whether it's a Lagron warehouse or whether it's a partner yeah. warehouse. Um, I think a lot of people had pulled back from that. And so we had like big regional warehouses. Well, big regional warehouses are great until you have a trucking issue. And then suddenly, you know, to, to, to take a rack from New Jersey and get it down into South Texas becomes quite a feat, right? <laughs> because that's, yeah. you're crossing the largest part of our country. So I think there's going to be some nuances that we're going to see a lot of manufacturers do. and Hopefully we'll be working as teams to make that better for everyone. But um, I think those are the kind of things we're going to see going forward. Um, And then I've noticed, even with Legrand, it's a streamlining of some of the product offerings. So we've had a lot of things with our C2G brand, Uh, you know, cables to go. Uh, It's been around for a long, long time. Legrand took it in about five or six years ago, maybe a little longer. I can't remember the date. Um, But we've been kind of going through and, you know, I hate to report, but uh, 232 cables and, you know, the serial cables and VGA cables, we're starting to end of life those. Yeah um and non uh HD based T extension we're kind of hey guys really HD based T is stuck it's the standard now and so we're you see a lot of that stuff going on and I think you're going to see that out of like the the Panasonics and the LGs and stuff is is saying hey guys I know this has been a skew for us for a long time but we're going to move this stuff out um, we've been seeing that
1: in in some other brands as well where they're you are like oh you're going to EOL that that's that's fine that's uh, a perfect product. Why would you do that? And then you look at our own record. and You're like, well, we sold five of them last year, <laughs> right? Exactly. But we absolutely had to have them right. for those five projects. But as a from a business, and, and and I'll I'll pick on Extron a little bit because they're they're friends.
2: And they're not here.
1: And they're not here. <laughs> they're
2: they're. So that's how that's gonna go after I leave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great.
1: Their SKU list is massive under a single brand. Yeah. I mean. I don't not hundreds of thousands, but definitely multiples of tens of thousands. Yeah. And excellent product. And and I sit on a, a council with them and we talk products. I'm like, I I don't know how you manage the database of the SKUs. Like you could you could marry a bunch of these boxes together and just eliminate a third of the SKUs and it's <laughs> gotta be easier. Much easier, right? Well that too and And we- I see a lot of that, sorry. I see a lot a lot of that coming with uh like materials and packaging and yeah. storing. sure. Because I have to assume if you have a SKU, you are carrying an X number of those on the shelf for warranty purposes. And But if you can combine that three boxes into one in some fashion, I mean, you know, this is magic, right? We're talking about. Uh, then you're only carrying the X number of those three boxes. Right. And so I see a lot of manufacturers uh, starting. It, it looks like they're starting to, Sort of dust the shelves, so to speak, of, yeah. of items. Let's do
0: some spring cleaning and yeah. and get through those parts. Yeah, I think that that's amazing. It it
1: it only yeah helps that doesn't hurt. To be clear, yeah, that doesn't hurt my feelings at all. No, and it, it also
0: helps customers embrace. I mean, if you is in human nature, we we sometimes hold on to things too long. Way some too of long. us are yeah. are more pack rats than others, right? Yeah. And if if you continue to make displays with VGA connections on it, then you continue to need to make devices that can yeah. transport that. Get rid of it. Um, and so I think that's one of the ways that we're gonna come out of this stronger, not yeah. just in professional audiovisual, but really a lot of industries, you're gonna come out of it stronger. And I think the next decade is gonna be massive for the tech world yeah. because they've had a lot more time to sit there and think about the future. What if this happens again? What What do we do with the, and you never thought about those things before. Yeah. So now you're building processes you're shrinking things into what's the most important for your business and your consumers. And I think that's going to be paramount. I'm interested to see to how politics comes into play. I think you've probably heard about these, these bills, legislation that may pass that may, may help on some of the technology situations, chips, things like that. Yeah, Bringing it back to the States. Yeah, How'd I, I, I think that will be interesting. Let that get away from us, right? Yeah, I don't want. I, mean, I don't so. want to get
1: too segwayed into that. But I, I really feel <laughs> that's like the whole podcast. Yeah, in itself. That's, yeah, definitely. that's uh, there. Really, should be a third to two thirds of each of the component in a in a device made on you know U.S. soil or even Mexico or Canada. You know, yeah, this hemisphere. Yeah, this this hemisphere, <laughs> right? And, and and I get. I mean, it's 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 obvious why. We don't manufacture everything in the yeah. states, and that's sure. that's fine. But as a as a manufacturer, I feel like you would want that kind of spread around a little bit. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and not just the U.S. I mean, if you're selling your products in other countries, you would want some manufacturing in those countries too. Yeah. That way, if there is a an issue in the U.S., Yellowstone goes off, and the U.S. is wiped off the map. They can make it somewhere else because you know, those people are still going to need jobs, right? I guess, and they'll need some product we make, right? Whereas right now we need product. That
0: Yellowstone and the yeah. podcast,
1: yeah. love it. Uh, I anyway. mean, it's, it probably won't happen in our <laughs> um, lifetime. Listen,
0: but. Kip, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, I love listening to you talk about some of the some of the things legron is doing. Great, I think that's really really valuable. Um, keep that superhero. We need to get you like a cape.
1: We may have. Uh, we my may wife
0: ha- would probably think that was pretty cool. Yeah. We may my have Boys have would definitely a, think that was cool, but <laughs> we
1: may have to get Tom Just hang to hang it put on us like the back together. of the door.
0: And then when when your boys come home, they're going to be like, Dan,
1: what is that? Oh, yeah, I got somewhere. a new job. We're supposed Don't worry to about it. My We're wife is shaking her it. head like this I'm, right I'm, now. I'm, no, no, no. Yes.
0: I'm
1: I'm probably going to have Tom try to throw together a logo and it's like going to.
0: Don't be surprised if you get a Photoshop of you sitting there in that chair wearing a cape.
1: Could happen. <laughs> hey, oh, um, all in good fun
0: thanks everybody for for listening and watching we're going to post some links to La Grande AV, several of their brands so you can get to know them a little bit more just in case you don't um, and if you're interested about hearing other subjects on the podcast please let us know at info we appreciate your time and we hope you have a great day